Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. Steve Ekstrom here, host of the Business Class podcast from the Tourism Academy, tourismacademy.org. This year, we're really looking at people who have demonstrated the ability to be innovators in their own fields and in their own communities, and also are demonstrating leadership within the destination marketing world. Today's guest is no different. Devin Heath, Executive Director at Visit Natchez, Mississippi, which I had the pleasure of visiting recently. Uh, Welcome to the program. Thanks, Steve. It's great to have you. It, It was great to be there. You know, I have to tell you that the city itself is tremendously warm and welcoming and uh, everywhere I turned, there was something new to see and, and experience and, and, you know, that reflected both on some of the modern culture of the city, you know, the great food scene that you've got there, especially down by the river, um, or you don't call it down by the river, you call it. Well, we have the bluff area and then we have under the hill. Which under is the hill. The- under the hill. Yeah. There's some great stories down there. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, some great stories and great history. Yeah, absolutely. What first drew your attention to Natchez? You know, it Natchez is such a unique destination. It's a much smaller destination than uh, I was actually used to, but it has so much to offer. It has a rich history. We're older than most cities uh, other than, you know, your major ones like Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia, we're 307 years old this year. And uh, we have such a, a complicated history at that. And so navigating through uh, not just our history, but our progression going forward is such an exciting challenge. And I was really looking forward to it. My decision to come here hasn't let me down. Every day I come in, I'm enthused. Uh, We have new opportunities in front of us, and we're just excited to get the word out about this destination. So when you talk about the complicated history and navigating, you know, what's next and the progression, talk to me about some of those contradictions maybe that you've seen um, and, and what you're doing to address them. Yeah, so Natchez is, it has more pre-Civil War historic homes than any other city in this country. And the reason is, is when uh, when this city was really being developed, the it was built on the backs of slavery. And there were more millionaires in the city of Natchez than in New York City prior to the Civil War. And that was built off of slavery. However, those and those homes are still here today. So we have so many tours and so many visitors that want to come and experience these homes. And there's some really interesting stories that that you can learn through these homes. However, that home doesn't necessarily represent the same to the same people. It, it has different meaning for different folks. And how do we share that message and tell the whole story of Natchez. And we have some folks here in Natchez who work alongside our team 
and uh, community members. We have several members who are direct descendants of the original owners of these homes. In other words, they were their descendants of slave owners. And they are as staunch a supporter of us telling the whole story and making sure that we talk about the ugly parts of our history as well. And what slavery meant and how that inhabited Natchez. So um, how do we tell that story? How do we make sure that we're telling the story of the homes and the beautiful architecture, but we're also telling the story of the men and women who worked there, who built these homes, who worked the, the fields, who uh, cooked in these, in these kitchens, who took care of these families and ultimately who fought for the Union forces during the Civil War. Uh, and so we're really working very diligently to tell the whole story from all aspects to really be able to provide a great story to, the, to visitors. How is Natchez most like how you grew up? Oh, it's very different than how I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C. So uh, I was in a very homogenous community. It was predominantly black on my block. And um, then we moved out to Maryland. And I, I was one, I think we were the second black family to move into our neighborhood. Uh, so then we were uh, we went from being the majority in our small community to being the minority in, in, a, in another community. And we had to deal with some challenges there as well. Natchez is 60% Black, 40% White. And the narrative and the uh, inclusion of all parts of the story really hasn't um, necessarily been embraced up until now. We're really working towards being a more inclusive destination, telling the stories of our, not just our, our, our black heritage, but also of our Native American heritage. This land was inhabited by the Natchez or Nachi as they were referred to Indians for 1100 years before the Europeans came. So we wanna tell that story as well. We wanna tell the story of the women of Natchez. Natchez has a rich history of uh, built on what women have been able to accomplish. So we wanna be able to tell all of those stories. How do you see stewardship as being a part of your, your job? Yeah, it, it's incredibly vital. Um, you know, making sure that uh, we're not just telling the story, but we are uh, embracing that heritage and making sure that uh, certainly in today's environment, um, you know, that has really gotten uh, more pushed to the fringes as opposed to uh, slightly to the left or slightly to the right. Uh, I think it's now much more important for destinations to be able to uh, share that narrative and, and help educate uh, communities and, and visitors who may not otherwise get those full narratives and really understand uh, what life was like uh, during not just uh, the Civil War era, but during the, the Nachi Indians, when they inhabited the lands, how they treated the lands, how we uh, protect those lands and how we support uh, the descendants of those communities. When did you realize 
that you wanted to work for a destination marketing organization? You know, that grew over the years. I, I came up on the hotel side. I started in hotel sales and uh, then I moved over to operations and uh, ultimately became a general manager of some hotels and really enjoyed that. Along the way, I got the opportunity to serve on some committees and some boards for different destinations and really got to get a, a, a much closer look at what DMOs actually do and grew increasingly enchanted with it. Uh, then an opportunity came, Clio Battle in Louisville, uh, before he was in Richmond uh, at Richmond Region Tourism. And he and I had uh, known each other for many years. And uh, when he was leaving Richmond to go to Louisville, uh, I picked up the phone and called him and said, what do you think? And uh, he said, I think you'd be, your skill set and your background would lend well to this. And uh, the rest is history. I jumped on board and, and uh, really enjoyed it. When you were younger, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? <laughs> you know, uh, you couldn't tell me before my senior year of high school, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to be an NBA star. I just knew. Uh, I was I was all about basketball, basketball, basketball. And then my senior year came and North Carolina, Chapel Hill didn't recruit me to be the next Michael Jordan like I thought they were going to. And my dream got crushed. And uh, I realized at that point I needed to do something else. So I uh, really got involved in uh, learning about business. I really enjoyed the idea of leading an organization. I've always enjoyed leading groups and leading teams and working collaboratively to, to achieve our goals. So really got focused on business at that time. And, uh, and then when I was in college, I had an opportunity to intern at a hotel in Baltimore and uh, just really enjoyed being a part of creating experiences for folks. And I think that as well as leading teams, really being a part of creating experiences for families, for individuals has really been the joy part of my job. Tell me about a time when something you did made all the difference to a guest's travel experience. Oh gosh. Ah, there's a there's quite a few. You know, we've had several engagements that we've had, and several um, big events, and 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 we've had tragedies as well along the way that we've had to deal with. Uh, you know, I think the one thing that always sticks in my head is um, there was a guest that we had who came. Uh, he came because he had a family member who had passed away and he was actually Brazilian. And he was staying at our hotel for, I think it was about a month or two to take care of his, his uh, family members uh, estate and, and really to take care of all that. Well, he didn't speak English and I didn't speak uh, por uh, Portuguese, uh, but we both spoke Spanish. And so he and I got to be good friends over the next month or two. And just because we could communicate together. 
And I helped him uh, really understand just some of the ways of America, um, understand uh, some of the things that he might need along the way. Uh, and then actually when it came down to it, um, you know, there, there was some uh, good news at the end of it uh, for him. And uh, we were able to kind of help him uh, navigate how to take care of all of that. So um, the, just the, the, the brother, uh, you know, the kinship that he and I were able to form in such a short period of time because we were inadvertently able to break down walls. You know, there were cer certainly barriers there uh, that he and I faced culturally, obviously language-wise, but throughout all of that, just us working together, we were able to really break down some walls and, and really kind of help him through, through that period. What do you hope today's visitor to Natchez has to say about the, their, their visit and their experience? I want our visitors to come back and say, you know, Natchez has so much to offer that we didn't realize we needed to spend a week there. We, we get a lot of visitors who come to us and they'll stay for two or three days and say they wish that they had booked longer just because there's so much to do that they didn't realize. They will come for our, our, our music festivals and our rich music history, or they'll come for our pre-Civil War historic homes or our cultural heritage, but they don't realize that there's other components to Natchez that they, did, that they didn't know about that they wanna explore. So we're trying to change that and make sure folks know about that before they get here so that they can plan accordingly and, and uh, really schedule uh, enough time for them to be able to experience it more fully. Um, you know, we have a, a great rich uh, hospitality here that's just part of our culture. It's just ingrained in this community. And uh, most folks expect it because they know they're coming to the South, but, when they get here, they all of a sudden say, wow, it, it is so warm, it is so welcoming. And that was one of the things that attracted me to come here. When I was interviewing for this job, I hadn't lived in Mississippi before. And as an African-American male, I was, you know, I had heard some, you know, obviously the, the, the stories of old, but um, how does that translate to today? And, you know, we have our challenges and we, we certainly haven't uh, made it to the mountaintop yet, but we are certainly a much more welcoming and embracing community than the, the reputation sometimes is given. Who do you look up to as a mentor? Wow, I have so many. I, I, I'm always trying to learn from those around me, not just my bosses, but just folks that I happen to be in my, in my ecosphere. Um, you know, I've had some, some great individuals that I've learned uh, a little bit from along the way. I, I, you know, I, if I had to say, boy, my top mentors, you know, I would say Jack Berry, who is the president CEO at Richmond Region Tourism, he taught me uh, how to be successful. Uh, he's very well connected, very well respected in that community. 
but he also does a good job of maintaining a work-life balance and not just for him, but for his team. And I think that that's incredibly important as a leader, especially in today's environment where we're all facing fatigue and we're all facing challenges to, to be cognizant of our physical and mental well-being. And, and he really, I think, outlined a good framework for me and, and being able to do that. Uh, I think of folks like Al Hutchinson, who's a, a friend of mine and uh, certainly a mentor, his, his ability to be forward thinking and to be strategic, uh, working through challenges in your community um, and really setting the, your destination on a, on a successful path forward um, is very inspiring to me. Uh, another good friend uh, and former boss of mine was a general manager I had back when I was an assistant GM at a hotel, uh, it, it, Rob Arsler. He's incredibly dedicated. He was had such a hard work ethic and, and had a, a high demand level of his team. Um, but he also had an incredible ability to look at an opportunity or, or a challenge from different perspectives. And as somebody coming up, uh, still being new to being a leader at that time, I always looked at everything from a quote unquote textbook answer perspective. You have this challenge. Well, what's the textbook say? What is our track record show is the correct course of action? And that's always the way in which I went about things. And he was so good at saying, you know what? Have you thought about looking at it this way? Let's look at it from a different perspective. And it used to frustrate me to death when I worked for him because I always thought I had the answer. And then he would always come back with a, well, have you thought about it looking at it from this perspective? Um, but looking back on it, it was some of the best training I ever had because it really ingrained in me that mindset of, you know, just because that's the tried and true way of doing it or, or the textbook response that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only way to do it. And let's look at it from other angles. How do you hope? So when I was in town last week, mm -hmm. you mentioned that you were spending some quality time with your family. And I, I yeah. greatly respect that. I how do you hope? How do you hope your kids end up being like you? There, there's so many, you know, and Mike, I have three kids and each of them are like me in some ways and very different than me in other ways. Um, and if they ever hear this podcast, they're going to uh, be mad at me for my answers here. But, um, you know, they're, they're, one of them has an incredibly strong work ethic and he's incredibly passionate and, and strong with what he does. Another one is incredibly uh, tenderhearted and uh, cares for people and is just uh, the most giving individual that you could meet. Uh, and then the third one is just the fun one of the group. Uh, they just love to kind of bounce around, be the goofball. And sometimes you want to say, you know what, will you just please grow up? But at the end of the day, 
why? You know, do, does he need to grow up? He's happy. He's he's doing well. Um, he's he's on a path that may not be what his dad wants him to be on, uh, because maybe his dad wants him to be a lawyer or, or or something along those lines. But he's ultimately happy, and he's doing what he wants to do. And he has friends and family who love him, and he's having a ball. So. I have little bits of those in them. I like to, I'd like to think that I uh, keep them all balanced and I'm not the goofball in the office all the time, but I know how to have fun. I'm, I am not the, always the one who's uh, has his heart on his sleeve, but he's also compassionate. And uh, certainly I'm a, I, I do work very hard, uh, but by the same token, I do like to make sure I take time to smell the roses and enjoy my family and friends. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wish I did? No, I think you've uh, asked some great questions. I'm I'm really excited about uh, you know the direction that our industry is going in. I think we have some headwinds in front of us that uh, are going to make it very very challenging for a couple of years. But I think that with the thought leaders that we have in our industry with the foundations that we've built over the years, I think that we're really poised well to be successful as an industry. And, and Natchez is no different. Is there anything that you'd like to ask me? Uh, you know, specifically, I'd love to hear about your, uh, you know, you have now been traveling a nomad for how long now? Uh, almost two years. Two years. And you and I were talking about this during breakfast. So yeah. w what, you know, has been some of the delightful surprises that you met, didn't necessarily expect when you were originally doing this? And maybe some of the downsides that you were like, eh, I wish I thought about this a little bit more. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a great question because it really relates back to personal perspective. Um, you know, some of the challenges that I've had, like I hit a rock and it tore the generator out from my van. So it's been six months waiting for replacement parts. That could be a challenge, but I also look at it as that's just part of the adventure. So now I have to find, you know, places to stay where I can plug in. Um, some of the greatest surprises have come from people. Um, you know, uh, and being in tourism means being in a relationship business. Right. It is how people relate to each other, pe how people relate to their surroundings, how people relate to new information. Um, and we are, we are lifelong learners. It is something that we share with travelers. Um, and I have learned at every single place that I've visited along the way. Uh, you know, whether that was in... Louisiana and going crawfish harvesting with somebody who I probably never would have sat down for a meal with. Uh, but, you know, we had dinner together and had a great time. Or it was, you know, exploring some of the beautiful homes there in Natchez or trying new restaurants. You know, I, I no longer look at a menu when I'm in a restaurant. Really? I, I don't because if I'm left to my own devices, I'll order the chicken sandwich or the Caesar salad again. Now, Surprise me, whatever you, you're in the mood for, whatever is best on the menu, whatever the chef wants to cook. 
okay. because it compels me to try new things and to try different things. Um, and you'd be surprised how often they send you a burger anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's a good fallback for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you can't really go wrong with a good burger. Yeah. But um, the kindness of people is something that has resonated throughout this trip. Um, and I have found whether it was winter in Mexico, summer in Canada, crisscrossing the US, um, people are generally kind and people want to be helpful. They sometimes just need to know how. Mm. And once they are shown how, and once they are taught how, um, you know, they're better off for it and they're happier for it. Um, and that's been a wonderful lesson. I also don't plan so far in advance anymore. And this goes back to that stopping to smell the roses. Right. When I first started traveling, I knew where I was going to be two months from now. I don't know where I'm going on Sunday. Wow. So I am in this place that I am currently at, in this moment, and I am here to enjoy it. I will and worry about that stuff. Moment. Yeah, and I'll worry about that stuff later. You know, I'll be fine. You know, I've, I've got whatever I need here and, and I'll be fine. Um, so that's a, that's a gift that a lot of us never bother to, to receive. Absolutely. You know, we think about we think about how now everything is a is a uh, Instagram moment, right, and a selfie moment at every stop that we go to, and we're constantly, you know, telling our family and our kids, hey, you know, put the phone down for a minute, let's just enjoy this. But I, I think the perspective you just brought uh, takes that to another level, and it not just put the phone down for a minute, but let's put the calendar down for a minute and let's just enjoy where we are and what we're doing today and not thinking about other aspects on our mind and what we're doing next week and where I'm going. That's, that's something to think about. I think that's fantastic. It, it really has been a, a growth experience for me. Um, and, you know, I've worked in tourism and tourism development now for 25 years. Um, so I actually get to see people on their home turf that I've met at conferences 20 times. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to visit friends that I've made. I get to, you know, visit some of the organizations that we're working with and, and, and see what the training programs are all about in person. Um, and that, that's just been remarkably rewarding. I'm a nerd, you know, teach me, I'm, I'm happy. Right. So, right. Well, I think, if, I think we all are to an extent, right. We all want to learn. And uh, it's just how we, we want to learn and, and, and how we want to experience things. Yeah. And, and, and we should all be open to learning. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's the only way to get better and make today better than yesterday. If folks want to learn more about visiting Natchez or plan a trip, how would they do it? They would go to visitnatchez.org or shoot me an email, uh, devin at visitnatchez.org. So uh, we're always excited to uh, share our information and tell you a little bit more and uh, just would love to have more people come visit. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being a guest here on the podcast. I appreciate you and uh, I look forward to visiting again for a longer period of time. And I will be here next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Devin. Thanks, Stephen.